Welcome to the Art of Conversation. I am your host, Jay LaRock. You can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else podcasts are found. Depending on whether you're a gamer or not, you may not be aware of a whole other world called Twitch, where gamers from around the world can come together to showcase their skills as well as their personality, to build communities, friends, and even make a little money. We begin our Twitch series by welcoming in Labrilla. Her retro-inspired, chill channel is a place where gamers can get together to laugh, talk, and watch some fun gameplay. It is also a welcoming and toxic-free environment where people are accepted for who they are. But how do we get there? What is the starting level for getting in to Twitch? Well, when I first started uh, in like video game industry, just in general, of course, I started watching a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of the bigger people, Jesse Cox or Dodger, you know, Total Biscuit and all that. And eventually, um, I was sort of directed to Twitch around the time a lot of the big speedrunning competition, you know, because every year there's like two speedrunning competitions. And also Twitch started adding people like Bob Ross and like people I used to watch growing up. So I know it's odd, but Bob Ross is a bit like my friend was like, Bob Ross is on Twitch. You can watch him anytime. I'm like, really? Okay. It's an awesome channel. (laughs) I started watching Bob Ross on Twitch. Plus with like the speed running kind of like led me to the uh, retro category. And once I realized that something like the retro category existed, it way opened up my mind, like to the possibilities of what something like Twitch could be. I found a community of people who loved the things that I grew up with. And, you know, we're sharing that with people. So, of course, I started as a uh, casual observer. There was also this other guy named Flipsider. He made a webcomic and he plays Famicom games. So I started watching him. And through him, I found like TMR and uh, the Mother Brain and a few other ones. And then through speedrunning, I found Andy. And I think it was Andy's channel that really, like, blew me away. Because he does not only, like, the speedrunning stuff, but also, like, the social stuff. The stuff I was really interested in. You know, being entertaining, connecting with the viewer. And once, sort of, like, I saw people who weren't big-name video game celebrity, quote-unquote, people doing it, I realized this is a thing I could do. Like, I could do that. Which is when I sort of started uh, planning, like, what I would even do or what a Twitch channel that I ran would look like. Um, and what goes into to that planning? Because for, you know, like I said, for a lot of people, it could be daunting. I mean, I know it's kind of a stereotype that, you know, gamers can be introverted. But, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of us are more social through, you know, chat and and things like that, or maybe even Discord, but it is a different thing to do that and then to be on screen, especially as some gamers can be. So Mm -hmm. what was the thought process that you went through about how I want my channel to be and then what you did to get there? Well, my history is actually in theater. Um, Back when I was younger, a lot of it through high school and a little bit in college, I did drama. Uh, Where they, you know, I I enjoy actually standing up on stage and acting. And a large part of that is being somebody else, right? 
I also mm-hmm. did like tabletop role play or all these other things. And that's what made me become comfortable with speaking in front of other people. So I sort of like took that comfort I already had. And when I was looking at um, just like playing around with the idea of a Twitch channel, I started looking at RPGs. I mean, really quite simply, RPGs have a script, right? You're Mm. reading from a script and that's how I looked at it. So when I first sort of like dipped my toe in, I wanted a script and I found it through RPGs. And I didn't announce myself. I didn't, you know, tell anybody I was doing it. I didn't even raid or host for a long time. I would just log in, pull up an RPG, start reading dialogue and talking to people. I don't know if it's uh, very common for other people to just, I mildly planned like, okay, this is how I want it to go. But then I just jumped in and started doing it rather than, you know, sitting and working out the minutia of the details. I didn't even have layouts. It was me in the little corner and it was the video game for a long time. And as far as building a community, I know that some people, you know, they get discouraged if they, you know, don't see numbers pop up or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Like, what was it like when you first was logging on and seeing, like, who would come in and what kind of interactions you would get with people that were viewing the channel? Yeah, that was kind of interesting for me, at least, because I went into it without um making a big deal about it so to speak without advertising without you know doing a lot of the other stuff I wasn't expecting viewers like if viewers kind of happened within the first few months I was like oh wow hey somebody found me like I didn't even uh uh go under retro I went under the video game names so when I was playing Final Fantasy 7 which was the first big game I played from beginning to end on stream um everybody who was in there was a big Final Fantasy 7 fan so I was literally able to um, bond with them over this game that I absolutely loved and had like this long history with from when it first came out. Um, so, yeah, I guess at least for me, at first, I didn't worry about numbers at all. When I got affiliate, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Because I grounded out myself just by playing these games and showing up on time every day. And it was surprising. <laughs> at least for I, me at the time. I, I often find it works out better like that anyway. Because mm-hmm. when someone is just being natural, then you want to be part of that community. And I think that that's what's really cool about Twitch that sometimes is overshadowed because people are either looking at the superstars or they're looking at like Twitch fails or something like that. Mm -hmm. where you really have that community where people can come in and be cool, which um, for people on the outside who just hear about the toxic nature of gamers, they probably wouldn't think that that's possible. But even Mm -hmm. though there's always some trolls, when you find a nice community, and I think the retro community is probably one of the best on Twitch, you really feel like that's a, a place where you can find really cool people to interact with. And I definitely found that on your channel. Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, I love retro community because it, you know, nobody's going into retro, I think, looking for fame. Maybe maybe some people are. I don't know. I can only speak for myself, but I went in there with the love of the game and the memories of playing the game when I was a child and wanting to experience that with other people or watch other people 
you know, dismantle or, or even just like play these games that I loved. I think because the core of retro is for a love of a specific type of game, maybe we don't get quite as many trolls. Don't get me wrong. We get trolls, but I don't <laughs> yeah. think we get quite as many uh, or quite as much of the toxicity as some of the other groups might get. Yeah, definitely. I think that what happens also is that uh, people in the retro community really want to protect that. You know, it's one thing, mm-hmm. um, I guess, maybe like, let's say, a Call of Duty, which is known for having toxic people. Maybe people almost think that that's kind of like a, a badge of honor to be toxic, as crazy as that that is to me. <laughs> but I think that in retro, people want to chill. And there's so much to talk about because it's like, I guess maybe, I guess you could do that anything. You could find a lot to talk about. But I just think in retro, it's, encompasses so many things because I mean retro Mm -hmm. now can be PS2 you know so there's so much (laughs) that you can talk about that people don't want to be derailed by toxicity when you can actually have really great conversations in a channel absolutely and I don't know maybe it's sort of the age of the group to some extent I'm not saying we we get a lot of great like 20 somethings in the group. But I think the vast majority of us are a little older and that we grew up with these things. So it's just a bit of a different experience than a purely competitive game like Call of Duty. Most people are going in there wanting to rise to the top. Um, yeah, it's about competition. We're not really about, well, okay, the speed running is, but that's a different thing. I almost think of entertainment retro versus speed running retro as being two different Um, subsets of the same group but yeah competition doesn't factor in quite as much with some of us depending and also what was interesting to me like when I first came to your channel is that um, it seemed that you were able to I guess split the divide between joking with people and and even being a little uh, edgy uh, compared to like someone Mm -hmm. that has to be more protective and especially you know, being a, a female gamer, I know that can be much more difficult because people can come in and just be inappropriate. But you <laughs> seem to be able to bridge that divide between having fun but still making sure that people, you know, don't go overboard. So I, I what is your approach to that, just to be able to split that divide? I think in order to do it, you have to have clear boundaries um, to a certain extent. Like, the joking, as long as it's joking and then fun and banter. And usually these are people that I've like created this relationship with. It's very rare that somebody comes in and tries to banter with me without it being awkward when I don't know them at all. Most people come in, they slowly get to know you, the bantering starts, and they've already kind of gotten a feeling for where the boundaries lie. And it's all fun. Like ultimately I want my channel to be fun. And I enjoy that sort of on the edge humor. And um, yeah, of course, some people go over the edge or wind way off in left field. And I have to either rein them in, see if they can be, or, you know, eventually you, you do have to let people go. That's part of, you know, people who don't fit into the community, which it's the sad part, but it does happen. Um, I suppose I'm very forgiving of people who test the line, maybe, versus other people wouldn't be, because I realize, like, that the line is edgy and hazy, exactly where it is, and if people test it and they go too far, usually gentle, sort of, like, 
all right, all right, that's funny, but let's let's rein this in a bit. You know, that goes a long way in giving people the benefit of the doubt that they really are coming in and trying to be funny or, you know, wanting to add to that nature of the community in a fun way. And if they're not, like I said, just being nice about it, it really helps. Yeah, and it's interesting because it seems like almost that can help train a person to uh, be able to have fun but know their boundaries. I kind mm-hmm. of take it to a kin of like a job. You may have that super corporate job where everything you do, you have to like sign in and sign out and, you know, and everything is micromanaged. Mm-hmm. And I guess that can work. But it seems like in those situations when something breaks down, it really breaks down because someone just got tired of being under that strict supervision. And then mm-hmm. you have more of the open job where it's like, cool. But at but what happens there is the other people in the workplace are like, hey, this is a cool environment. If you do things like this, we can all have fun. But if you go overboard, you're going to ruin it for the rest of us. So they're protective. And I've seen that in your channel where people can almost start to see, hey, this guy's new and he's <laughs> he's kind of heading that, like, no, you're not going to mess up this channel and they smack it down, which I think is great. And then the people who are there realize, hey, I can actually not feel so scared about walking on eggshells and they almost learn to be able to fit in with the group. And once you have that fit in, it, it really works. Yeah, I think in general, I, I try to to push the chill rule. That's my big thing. I like for things to be chill. Like even if we're talking about really crazy topics, if we can do it in a chill way, I'll usually let it go. Because just being, quote unquote, forgiving or understanding, once again, I think that that just goes a long way. There's no need for hard and fast up. You messed up. Bam, you're gone. Like who does that really help? Right. And then, of course, those who can't fit in, usually they wind up realizing it themselves and moving on. And if they don't, well, you know, you get told enough. (laughs) You're not surprised, you know? Yeah, at that point, you you know it. It's like, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can complain, but it's not like you're just mysteriously kicked. Like, you know why you got in trouble and why you got kicked. And you had to do something serious. Mm -hmm. Um, Now... I I like Twitch because I like studying like how people interact and how people um, are willing to talk about their lives and that's something that I personally um, learned about even doing like interviews with people like mm-hmm. on one hand you're asking the questions but I think that sometimes if you really want to get the best out of somebody you have to be willing to give yourself and um, A lot of times gamers can be the kind of type who will be, you know, scared to put that out. Maybe they have their personality online, Mm -hmm. but to reveal themselves is often scary to do because you're afraid of ridicule. But at the same time, I found that once you do feel comfortable, um, you're willing to talk a little bit more about yourself. Now, of course, you still got to be careful. You don't want to dox yourself and things like that. Of course. But it almost seems therapeutic. And and I and I've got that from your channel as well, where people can actually come in there and they feel like, hey, this is like sitting in a nice coffee shop with a bunch of friends, and you actually feel like that. It doesn't feel like sanitized. Mm-hmm. What is your aspect of what you get out of it emotionally that you know helps uh, you know doing the channel and being part of the community you created? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
well, one like I mentioned him earlier already, but one of my big influences I would easily say was Andy's channel because he has like this air of positivity that he at least tries to adhere to, right? And that was the sort of thing I wanted to do as well was create a space where not forced positivity or anything like that, but a space where people can feel comfortable. Um because like the space is created for that kind of sharing to a certain extent. Once again, it is supposed to be fun. You don't want to have it be like therapy session every day. That's not going to work. Right. You take it moment by moment. And so because I went into it with this idea of, hey, I could talk to people. Um, I don't think people should. Uh, okay, this is a bit of philosophizing on my end, but I don't like how alone oftentimes people wind up feeling or being because I've had moments where I didn't have many friends and I had a hard time fitting in the internet communities. I've been in many, a lot of times it doesn't work out for one reason or another. And I wanted to create a space where there was this feeling that you can be accepted and listened to and that it would be okay. Or at least, you know, that that's the goal. That's the goal anyway. Do you feel that um, when you when you when you log on to do a channel, do you feel like you have to be any different from yourself? Like, do you have to get into a certain space? Because I've seen people say that, hey, there's some days that I can't just, you know, do a show. Mm -hmm. And it's because they need to be in a certain space. But then I've seen other people that said, you know, doing a show helps me get into a place like I guess it's kind of the difference between playing a game because you need to get out frustration and playing a game because it just makes you feel better from a frustrating day for you doing the show which one would you say it is or maybe it's a combination to a certain extent it can be a combination but yeah I found over time that doing the show helps there will often be because I, I have a very exacting, I work full time and I stream and I have a bit of an exacting stream schedule and I know that and I should rest more. <laughs> but a lot of the times, even if I'm not feeling a stream, once I turn on that camera and the lights on, I sort of start talking to people. I can pull myself out of a mood pretty easily because it's fun. Like I'm playing a game and having fun. Usually the conversations are good. I suppose the only time it's a bit dicey is when I go into it in a bad mood. Everybody else is in a bad mood. <laughs> is this bad mood stream now? Excuse me, I actually muted my mic. Is this bad mood stream now? You know, you don't want that, but um no, I, I, I suppose because streaming usually makes me feel better and I have enough time now that I know that's true, I'm way more likely to go, okay, let's just start it up, see what happens. You can always end early. People are understanding if it doesn't work out. It usually works out just fine. And as far as being able to establish actual friends, because that's another thing, It's it's I think it's really cool where on one hand, you start carefully, like you said, you know, you feel things out. But if you really think about it, it, it kind of is almost the same as if you were to meet someone face to face, just because you meet someone, let's say, at a bar or a convention or something mm -hmm. that doesn't really change how you may be guarded or careful in what you reveal. Um, and the same thing happens online. 
you might meet somebody and of course you're running a channel and you don't want someone to be inappropriate but at the mm-hmm. same time you might find that you've uh have things in common and through discord you're talking with someone every day and i know recently you went out on a, a trip and you met people that uh you've watched and interacted with uh, on twitch as well can mm-hmm. you just tell us about that dynamic as far as making friends and what was it like to go meet some of these people in person <laughs> oh man <laughs> Yeah. Oddly, once again, I think maybe it's because I try to be so open on stream to a certain extent. I do get a decent amount of PMs, a decent amount of messages, and I always try to respond, you know, thoughtfully. And over time, I have developed really great friendships with people. Um, A lot of my mods have been around for years, and I would consider them very good friends. And a lot of my longtime viewers as well. It's just being open to communication, I think, and a lot, you know, and talking about these things that we have in common. And then, yeah, I, I went to Portland. Um, trying to think of. Originally, I was supposed to go for PRGE because Nico invited me over there for that. Now I was like, and that sounds really cool. A, a retro gaming convention. I'm down. So I had the the money. I went ahead and threw down for plane tickets. This was actually last year before the pandemic even happened. And then um, obviously, you know, the pandemic closed everything. And I decided that despite it all, if I was careful, I could go ahead and just go. I wasn't going to do anything crazy. I had no desire to, I wasn't, it wasn't a shopping expedition or whatever. I was just going to go hang out with a few select friends. So I made sure that we were all cool with that. And yeah, I, I went to Portland for a week. It was, it was a great time. It was a great time. Um, I met Andy who, I've been in his channel for years, three or more years, and I've been his mod for a really long time, too. So we're we're very close. I met Scoot, I met Nico, and I met Jopas. And those were sort of like the four people I interacted with while I was there. So I guess my last question is about for the person who's thinking about maybe starting a channel. What Mm -hmm. advice would you give them based on all that you've seen and and experienced with your channel? The big advice I give everybody is to be consistent, to have a easy to see schedule and do your best to stick with it. We're all human and things happen, of course, but part of my success has always been that I show up when I say I'm going to show up and for about as long as I do. Um, Other than that, like that's like the bare minimum, I would say, if you'd like to find some amount of um, success on Twitch. Another thing is like really play what you love. Play what you love. If you love what you're doing, it's going to show to the viewer. So if if you show up when you're supposed to, you keep your schedule, you're doing things that you love, You know, you're working towards being able to interact with chat and hopefully play the video game that probably took um, when I first started. I started slowly, I think, in order to develop those skills. I didn't want to start with like a million people in my chat. I mean, if it happened, great, but (laughs) it didn't happen. It's very rare for that to happen. 
Um, so I really sort of organically developed the skills that I needed to quote unquote stream well, because I think every thing you go into, no matter what it is, is going to have skills attached to it that make you better at what you're doing, you know? Definitely. Mm -hmm. So just fine tune those skills, start slow, do what you love and keep to your schedule. And hopefully you should build a community over time. Actually, I, I lied. I'm sorry. I thought of one more thing. Is there like mm -hmm. a, a story or experience, you know, just something that's happened in your channel over the years that was like, I guess, the funniest or the most interesting, like a story that you have that you could tell us? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would say one of the most interesting things is. All right, so I raided Ancient Dragon, right? He was playing Chrono Trigger, which is very rare. He doesn't play many RPGs. And I had only sort of heard of him in passing. But when I started interacting with him, I realized we actually used to live <laughs> in the same area, in the same city, like down the road. And we would be in and around the same places a lot back when he lived in Florida. And so now he's like one of my best friends. Um... Because we have, well, not just because of this, because he's also a great person. I highly recommend people follow him. But we have, like, this weird shared history that I never would have found if, you know, I hadn't have found him on Twitch. I would have just, he it was an acquaintance that I would have just lost touch with forever, you know. Because he lives up in Massachusetts. It was so fun to, like, talk to him again and have that be a thing, if that makes sense, you know. Like finding people who really share your interest or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I get it. And I think that that's, that's one of the positive things with so much going on that shows social media in a negative light to hear stories like that, you know, shows you the benefits that, you know, social media has and, and how good it can be. Mm hmm. Yeah. We got to like create this friendship that is amazing and it's so fun that we both, you know, live down the road. It's sad that we weren't super great friends when we lived <laughs> walking distance from each other, right? But it's great that we found each other now. Well, once again, I just really want to thank you for coming on and, and doing this uh, with us. Uh, as I said, I, I, I really like uh, watching your channel and interacting with the community. And I'm so glad that you were able to come on and talk with us today. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. I had fun. As a retro gamer myself, I used to be the kind of person who would stand next to the arcade machines and watch people play for hours, so Twitch is perfect for me. The ability that anyone can come in, whether they're a novice or experienced gamer, whether they're shy or extroverted, can come together and have a community all of their own. Especially in times where we're not able to be around our friends and loved ones, Twitch can be a positive outlet if used correctly. And I definitely think that the people that we've been talking to have used it to the best of their abilities for the betterment of the gaming community. We will be back soon with another podcast. Until then, thank you for listening to The Art of Conversations.